The all-new Toyota Highlander Hybrid is designed to go Highlander. What's go Highlander, you ask? It means amplifying your drive with best-in-class EPA-estimated 35 MPG combined, so you can keep on keeping on wherever the road takes you. Don't just go farther. Go Highlander in the all-new Toyota Highlander Hybrid. Toyota, let's go places. 2020 Highlander Hybrid all-wheel drive, 35 city, 35 highway, 35 combined MPG EPA estimates. Actual mileage will vary. 2020 Highlander Hybrid versus 2020 competitors based on data at www.fueleconomy.gov. SF2 1820. Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by Best Fiends. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what happens when a family is tormented by poltergeist activity for many, many years? What kind of lasting impact does it make on members of a family from children to adults? Today, we hear that story. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Yes, it is. And 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Write it on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you really like the show and you want all the bonus material, all of our EPP bonus episodes, advanced episodes of our show that are released to you commercial-free, uh, weeks before they're released uh, to everybody else, then become an extra podcast person. Go to ghostpodcast.com and sign up or patreon.com slash real ghost stories and sign up there. Same content, two different places, depending on the platform that you like. You get all the stuff, including our uh, audiobook and the uh, the uh, ebook as well. Both available on Amazon, both the best sellers. Uh, and they're like, you know, 15 bucks retail a piece, but uh, you get them uh, for free for only five bucks along with everything else. And you sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Uh, Tony and Carol Hughes joining you. Uh, but Tony, <laughs> do they get Ginzu knives? Not this week, Carol. This week, if you call right now and become an extra podcast person, I'm going to throw in this plastic juicer. You jam it into an orange, squeeze. What? And juice, it just, it, look at this. It's just, it's flowing everywhere. That's crazy, Tony. Oh, God, this is amazing. Juice is everywhere. Oh, it's starting to sound really bad. Is <laughs> that kind of sound a little bit gross? Little but it's up. still a great idea, Tony. I remember as a kid. Do they even make Ginzu knives anymore? All of a sudden that popped in my brain. Yeah, I mean, Ginzu was a big, remember the Miracle Blade? too that was another one yeah yeah do I, they have those sorts of things anymore i don't know i there i don't seem on like on the i love looking at the ass scene on tv aisle and who doesn't i mean even if you're not buying shit from that aisle i think that's kind of like a guilty pleasure of mine and i think a lot of people just seeing what sort of weird random shit someone invented and someone thought we're going to spend millions of dollars marketing this let's see what happens and, See, that's when you have to do the white elephant exchange. That's the aisle I go to. Yeah, it's great Because stuff. that's the crap you don't buy for yourself. But maybe <laughs> if it works as it says it does, it could be life-changing for someone. Oh, admit it. You've bought something from there for yourself before. I never have. Never? You've never bought yeah. anything that says, as seen on TV on the side of it? No, I don't think so. I'm trying to think. I uh, Last year, I got a... 
like a roller knife as a gift uh, from one of my daughters. I think it's like for pizza, technically, which I don't know why you wouldn't just use a pizza cutter, but it's the thought that counts because <laughs> it's like it's like the same thing, but less efficient. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what else you really use this for. I guess if you're like making your own crackers or something and you really want to roll the, the I don't know. I got that. I got uh, the the egg thing where you can crack an egg and then put it in this like silicone thing and then boil it. So, and I actually want to try that. I, I have now had it, I've had it for about a year and I've yet to use it where I think you could like put the egg in there and you could like mix some cheese or something in with it and then boil it. And then it comes out like this boiled egg. But And Tony, that was not your, one of your daughters who gave you that, right? Okay. The egg thing. Because that's going to be really sad. I use my if Christmas money. If this poor kid gave you that a year ago and you've never used it, they're <laughs> like, I'm failing at gifts for Tony. Well, they do cry themselves to sleep every night when they're like, he doesn't love our gifts. He doesn't he, like the egg thing. He must not love me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's sad. Uh, now it's that weird, awkward thing like, Oh, look, kids, let's use this egg thing. <laughs> great, Tony. We only got it a year ago for you. I'll use it at their graduation or something. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I bought in stuff. I bought like a flashlight once. As an on- yeah, convince them that you bought it for yourself. No, you didn't. You got me something else. No, that, you didn't give me that. No, this was not at all. They would, they'd buy it, too, because they were like, I know what you bought it. I know what we bought you. Because that's been a thing this year with Christmas. Uh, cause Jen went and, and bought the gifts for, from one sister to the other, just because in years past, it's been kind of a hassle and it's been like, no, I don't want to get her that. I want to get her this. And it's usually something kind of ridiculous that the other one's not going to want. And so Jen just went and got it done. And now this year they're both like, but I didn't want to get her that. <laughs> That's funny. But it is what it is. <laughs> So I think they'll be both appreciative of their gifts when they get them. Uh, but for so many years, you know, one was too little to do it. The other, you know, it just didn't. But I really, they're old enough now where they, you know, they can make decisions and start buying each other a scene on TV gifts and call it good. So. I tell you, they're perfect. They are truly the item that I would not buy myself. What? They have seen on TV. I oh. buy them for other people, but I would not buy one for me. Well. So that would if if you want to get me something for my birthday, because by the time this airs, Christmas has passed. Just gonna say, I just watch your mailbox, watch your mailbox, because you <laughs> never know what's gonna show up. Yes. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to show your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first uh, story. It says. Uh, and it's interesting because this one kind of starts out uh, like, a, like a book would. The child woke up from his sleep after hearing the small mechanical toy train moving. He thought his brother returned from the school to play. Suddenly he saw a little girl with old-fashioned children's clothes saying to come and play with me. Only the voice was saying it in Arabic. The child was surprised as this girl is not from the house and a stranger to him. He starts calling his brother. Sam, Sam, where are you? Mom, where are you? Sam was six years old. His older brother was in a nearby school. His mother was gone to the market as she used to do daily to bring fresh fruit and bread home. Don't be afraid, the little girl said. Who are you? The child asked. I'm Aleem, she replied, and pushing the mechanical toy train towards the child to play. Then just the child did the same. He winds the train and forwards it back to her and goes back and forth. 
She was happy and focused on the toy train. Then, as always, she directs the train in a different direction. And when the child goes to get the train and sit back down to resend it to her, she was gone. The child couldn't find her at all. He looked everywhere. He kept it secret, did not tell his mother. The child thought that Aline may be from the house next door, that she came over, maybe just to play from a side of the house that no one else could see. She came once in a while when a child was alone and played with him. They were the same age, five years old. That child was me back in 1958 in Baghdad City. My mother was tormented with poltergeist activities in Baghdad City back from 1957 to 1960 in her old Turkish-style house. My mother was pushed from the stairs and broke her elbow. I got slapped by an unseen force when I used to go to the old kitchen area. My brother Sam was a sleepwalker, and he used to say that a voice would tell him to go upstairs and jump from the top of the house. My mother saved him twice. Once he was standing on the edge of the house in Baghdad. My mother used to read from the holy book and clean the place, put candles, and used to ask for permission to go about certain areas of that old house. And when I asked her to whom she was talking, she told me that these unseen forces can harm us if we provoke them. So we must be careful and always keep the place clean. Many times blankets will be pulled so suddenly from us, and my mom runs to the room praying until they stopped. Dishes and kitchen items used to fall from the shelves without reason. My dad used to blame my mother for not being careful as he never believed in gin or other unseen elementary spirits. The old house has the water well beside modern sinks and water and pipes. When I was five years old, I woke up way after midnight to have a drink of water from the old ceramic jar upstairs. When I saw in the house from the stairs, I saw a man washing his legs using the water from the artesian well. And then he turned his face and looked at me with a beautiful smile. He was wearing old-fashioned clothes that were not from our era in time. I ran scared and told my mom and she was sleeping. She knew and told me to go to bed. My dad heard the noise and asked my mother what was wrong with me. I told him that I saw a man, maybe a thief downstairs by the well. He used to put a gun, flashlight beside him. So he took the gun and the, false light, the flashlight and went downstairs and started searching. My father couldn't see anybody and told my mother that I was dreaming or maybe my mom's stories gave me imaginations that would run wild. I know what I saw. I told my dad and they went to bed. My older brother and sister started hearing voices in that area of the kitchen and the water well. The voice was coming from the specific area in the house. People screaming when we couldn't find who or where. After multiple accidents had happened to my mother, she asked my dad to move from the house or she would leave. And the voices started to influence my brother Sam to jump and kill himself. It was so dreadful to live in that house. We used to have countless nightmares. We'd see shadow figures and some of the white figures moving at night. And early dawn when my dad comes to see, he couldn't see. It was like they would hide and seek on my dad. They're always telling us to make them stop, but he would never see them. One day, my dad was in his room, and he saw his old recorder pushed away from the table. He was playing a reading from the holy book, and he saw a shadow figure move so fast back into the old kitchen area. My father thought the activity may be coming from the old water well. 
So we hired a construction team to come to the house, close the water well, and repair some areas in the kitchen and the Turkish bath, put new bricks, shelves, new paint up. To everybody's surprise, the workers uncovered a grave, five skeletons, a complete family buried side by side in a grave in our house. Police were called in. They took the skeletons and the authorities to find the people who they were. Later, my father found out that the dead family of six lived hundreds of years earlier in the same area that the house was built on. They likely died of some sort of poisoning. We heard no voices after that. There were no activities after they removed those skeletons from the house. It's a man, a woman, and four children, exactly the number of our family at that time. Three boys, one girl. Sam, my older brother, goes to school, and my younger brother goes with my mom to market. He was two. And alone, my sister wasn't born yet. Still my mother's belly. I told my mother about the little girl who I played with and her name. My mom decided to call the baby girl alum after she was born. After a few months, my father sold the house. We moved to a different area in Baghdad until 1962. My father was poisoned after a new government took over as my father was working for the previous president's family as a family portrait artist. We were above middle class and then we became very poor as all my dad's assets, money, and the studio were taken by the government at that time. And that's the story, kids. Wow. Yeah. Like, I wanted a happy ending to that story. Nope. Shit goes bad. It got worse. Yeah. Oh, man. Back to the ghost stories in just a moment first. And I want to thank our supporter today, Best Fiends. These guys have an awesome app. Best Fiends is friends without the R. Obviously, we do ghost stories pretty much all day. That's my life. <laughs> it is. I, if I'm not doing this show, I'm doing the other show or I'm doing the other show uh, or I'm prepping for doing the shows. But every once in a while, I like to take a break, you know, take a little breather and think about something other than ghosts. Uh, and everybody kind of has their outlet. For me, uh, I, I like playing apps, I like games, and I really like Best Fiends. Uh, I've been playing that for uh, quite a while now, and it's great. It's like it's my mental palate cleanser, if you will. Uh, it's a great puzzle-solving game, and it's not one where you have to be you know, super gamer guy or gal to get into it or to know what you're doing. It's a very casual, fun and it's challenging, though. Puzzle game. We don't have to be an expert to play it. it, it it's it's fun. Uh, I'm up to, like, level 42 now. Um, it's it's just... It's one of those things you start getting into, and you're like, oh, this, I, I want to keep playing this. It's so fun. Um, and it just... It's great. It, it gets your mind off of things. And like I said, I don't know any other way to describe it other than just that. It's, it's a mental palate cleanser. It's kind of takes your mind away from stuff for a little bit and you kind of go back you feel a little bit refreshed i know it almost it sounds like a refreshing cola doesn't it uh best fiends updates the game on a uh, monthly basis there's new levels all the time and events so it really never does get old um it, it really is it's like a service they're always trying to find ways to improve it if you find yourself playing this thing at random weird times uh, you're not alone a lot of people find that when they get into this game uh engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. 
best fiends. I thought that was crazy, though. That, I don't know. Is it crazy or beautiful that her his mom named the daughter that same name? It's really interesting. It's it. Yeah, is it kind of cool or is it totally not? I don't know. I'm somewhere like it is cool. And then I'm like, no, it's not. Well, I was like wondering, was he playing with like the spirit of his someday to be sister or what? You know, no. what was that exactly? I think the mom just just liked the name and said, that's a great name. Thank God the ghost had that name. I'm going to name your sister that. That's kind of interesting. It's kind of kind of odd, <laughs> but hey, I guess it works. <laughs> But how crazy that the dad would have the feeling it's coming from this one area. Mm-hmm. So they go to dig all that up and then they find a family, yeah, a skeletal family. I think the most disturbing part about it is you go, oh, shit, I've been drinking out of that well for a long time. Great. <laughs> this family's been dead in it forever. Yeah, it's never a it's good interesting thing. interesting to me that that's one thing that transcends no matter where you live. So... Bodies in the well? It could happen here. It could happen there. That's kind of universal. What, bodies in the well? Not bodies in the well, (laughs) but, you know, people being haunted by the dead people buried there. It's a common thing in Kansas, the bodies in the well. But it's just interesting because, like, I've never heard a ghost story from Baghdad. You know, I... That was kind of fascinating to me that I wasn't expecting you to start off today with that. No, that's very interesting when we get the stories like that. I I have had some from there, but it was actually from uh, U.S. military. Um, And they're recounting some of their experiences over there on different bases and things um, during the Iraq war in the early part of the 2000s. and some of the experiences that they had. And you got to think that area of the world's got to be haunted as shit. I mean, they've had so much tragedy and so many wars and so much strife Yeah, that it's ongoing. Thousands of years. I mean, that's just, that was fascinating to me. I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah, it's always interesting to get stories from around the world. And and, and that's kind of an interesting thing about ghost stories is no matter where it is, and you just made that point too, a ghost story is kind of a ghost story. I mean, the setting may change, but yeah, I mean, there's the commonalities all about it. It's just like in the um, the book that um, I just put out last year, which I, I, I hesitate to say I wrote because I didn't really write. It's just, um, it's 13 curated stories from around the world and they're classic ghost tales, um, but they were from all over the world. Some translated from all different languages into that book. Um, and it's it's that's the, the the interesting thing about it is no matter what part of the world it is the ghost story is a ghost story and they all have very similar properties and similar events that occur in them um and it's something that we all kind of share in common is our you know that we all have ghost stories no matter where we're from and didn't he say too that the dad wasn't buying into it and then mm-hmm. he saw something and that's so everybody's dad yeah like, Everybody's dad's like, no, we're not moving, kids. This is all in your imagination. You know, dad sees it one day. I would be the same damn way, uh, quite honestly, because I get it. I mean, it's you're the dad. It's 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 your house. You don't want to admit anything is going on, even if there is. And you're going to try and find every damn reason because you don't want everybody to get freaked out because it's not like, oh, let's just pick up and move. Like, that sounds like an easy idea. Um, Just, you know, if there is a ghost. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've had some moments here in this house which have all been completely explained. But my first reaction is it's not a ghost. It's not. There's just no way. Even if there's a possibility that it is, it's not a ghost. And kids, go to your room. Yeah, like we had all of the lights. We've learned in this house that the air suction is a thing. Um, like when the the uh, heater kicks on or the air kicks on, if you have a door that's open, they're easy to shut on their own. Like the pressure will just kind of suck them closed. Okay, that would freak me out at first. Well, until I figured that out. Yeah, I mean, I have I've had houses like that before. Our last two did not. So this is like a new concept to the kids. They've never seen this happen. But growing up, our my house did that. Um, and we had <laughs> Harp was trying to screw with Jen well, the other day. <laughs> And uh, they were uh, Harper was at, likes to have her door open a little bit at night. And there's a, another room that's kind of catty corner to hers. And the light is off in there. And so it, it's kind of dark and there's shadows out there. And she tells Jen, she's like, I saw a dark shadow mass out my door. And Jen's like, Harp's saying that she's seeing a shadow move around outside of her door. And like, and I go to ask, like, what are you, okay, what are you talking about? Like, explain to me, show me if you can. What are you talking about? It's like, well, it's dark in that other room over there. So it's kind of shadowy. Like, is that what you mean by a shadow mass moving around outside your door? Yeah. Like, okay, so you're not seeing like some shadow thing move from your room out to out there. It's like, no, it's just dark out there. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Like, well, can you explain that to mom? Because she thinks there might be a demon roaming around outside your room. <laughs> and now mom's not sleeping very yeah. well because of what you told exactly. her. Harper kind of got a kick out of it. She's like, I totally screwed with mom. <laughs> I'm like, don't do that. So, yeah, you know, you just kind of got, uh, you know, you got to dig into it a little bit before you say. Once again, she is your kid. 100%. She is so your kid. <laughs> I'm always just kind of chuckling <laughs> when I should be saying, don't do that. It's like, oh, that's good. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's something I would do. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love you. Yeah. Good girl. <laughs> 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go over to a caller. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jenny or Carol. Um, it's Vinny from New York calling again, listening to the episode right now, uh, Haunted Staircase. And uh, just you just read a letter about a young lady who comes home from college with her friend and she uh, has some creepy feelings on a staircase and that she had had pre-existing when she was a child. Um, so just something to just an idea about that, you know, because I do like to unpack this uh, this topic of the paranormal from a psychological standpoint um, is going back to, you know, things that, you know, we as humans are not familiar with or can't um, can't see. So think about that. If you're in your living room and you have a staircase that's going upstairs, um, sometimes it's kind of creepy when the lights are out on the second floor and you can hear people talk, even if you know who it is and you know what's, what's going on up there, it's still an odd feeling of not knowing a hundred percent of what's going on just out of your sight. Um, and then the same thing with the basement, you know, the stairs going into the basement. We all have, you know, if you, if you, you know, do a stock Google stock image search of, 
creepy basement stairs is going to be a dark staircase going down to a dark basement. And I've called before talking about why we as humans have this deep-seated um, psychological hesitation of basements and attics and how we perceive those to be the scariest parts of the house. Um, and why why that is is because as kids we weren't hanging out in the basements and in the attics of our homes so we already had this pre-existing hesitation of these locations and we as humans are tend to be um, you know biased against things that we're not familiar with um, but anyway so I just want to offer that but also I wanted to give my little staircase uh, story so um, you know, I, I work at the Morris Jamel Mansion, which is located in Manhattan. It's the oldest surviving house in the borough of Manhattan. Um, several years ago, when I first came to work there, I was actually first commissioned to write a play uh, for, the, for the museum. And so my first days there, I would spend hours just hanging out in the archives room and talking to the staff and trying to formulate what eventually would become the plot of the play that I was writing for this uh, museum. And um, I guess I was spending a lot of time there and I was doing a lot of research, going through a lot of letters, and I, I had this nightmare. Uh, and, you know, the story, the, the, the museum has a long, long paranormal history as it is, but uh, I'm not going to bore you with that. But I, uh, while doing my research, I had this nightmare. And I remember I was standing um, in, on the second floor of the museum and I was looking down the floor like, like like toward the balcony and i know you're not familiar with the location but uh the balcony is actually where our most famous ghost story took place in january of 62 where a group of kids are waiting to be let in for a field trip and they are being allowed they're carrying on and then they say that a woman in a black dress comes out and yells at them and tells them to shut up or go away and then the curator comes running up a few minutes later and she goes, oh, so sorry, there's a problem with the subway. I'll let you guys in for your field trip. And said, yeah, that's okay. Um, and we're really sorry. I think we disturbed your actor in the house. And she was like, what are you talking about? And they said, uh, the, re the reenactor that you have stationed in the house. And she's like, we don't do that. What are you talking about? And they go back and forth. And then eventually they come into the, to the museum for the field trip. And they see the painting of Eliza Jamel. Uh, hanging in the hallway, and they're like, oh, that's the woman that yelled at us. Meanwhile, Liza's been dead over 100 years at that point. That got the attention of Hans Holzer, the para, para, parapsychologist who was teaching over at NYU at that time. And he comes in, he does two seances, and if you want to follow up more about that, you can check out, there's a new show called The Holzer Files, um, which is pretty cool. We were on an episode of that, so it documents that. But anyway, back to the story about my nightmare. I was standing in the dream. I was standing uh, on the second floor and I was looking like toward the balcony. And all of a sudden, um, I remember I looked and to I looked up and to the left. Uh, in real life, there is a staircase that goes up to the third floor where our offices are. But in my dream, what I could see was just it looked like a woman wearing a long nightgown. Uh, barefoot and walking backwards up the stairs and all I saw was just in time to see like like the ver at the very top of the stairs uh, where before she was out of sight I could just see her bare foot like walking backwards but the foot was like green and rotting and I remember I woke up in real life I woke up screaming 
Um, and what's also really interesting about this is that I also had another dream around that same time that an old woman came, again, I was looking out the same direction, and an old woman came out of the wall and like stopped and then like started walking toward me and then I woke up. Well, if you came to the museum now, that wall that she was coming out of, that wall is what is the exterior wall of what's Eliza Jamel's bedroom. What I didn't know was that originally when the house was a home, that that's where the door was going to her bedroom. It's since been sealed uh, closed and they've opened up a, an additional secondary entrance into her bedroom. Why they did that, I don't know. But anyway, very long story to just, you know, kind of relate to the whole topic of staircases. So anyway, guys, as always, you do an incredible job. Thank you so much for what you do. I'll talk to you soon. Interesting place. I What was the name of that place? It's the Morris Jumel Mansion. I want to go there sometime. It's in Manhattan. It's really interesting. We did an episode of The Grave Talks with Vinny um, last summer. Uh, it looks like I'm looking back. Uh, April 22nd is when it aired on The Grave Talks. Um, and it's a really interesting episode. We talk all about the history of the place, what's going on there. And he's just full of stories about that place. And his dream was freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the freaky part was the person walking up the stairs backwards mm -hmm. with a rotting foot. Like, that's <laughs> When you, when you work in an environment like that, and then you have dreams, I, I think it'd be even more difficult to decipher, is this dream related to the paranormal, or is this just a freaky dream because I work in a freaky place every day? You know, just is it just right. my imagination kind of running wild? As, as anything that you do on a regular basis, it's much easier to... Um, you know, have dreams about it and not to be that it's going to be paranormal, but if the place you work is inherently paranormal, right. you know, how and do we you... all have stress dreams about where we work? Yeah. And you know, his stress dreams would be kind of crazy. Yeah. I don't know if I like that or not, not knowing is this a sign of something is something trying to communicate or just, you know, me having a stress dream. You would be really hard to know. Uh, and he does have a valid point about being scared of attics or basements. And I get that yeah um but when i was a kid the house that we lived in it didn't have another attic so all the bedrooms were on the upstairs yeah. and like that was i couldn't get down the staircase fast enough i always felt like i was getting followed sure going up the stairs or down the stairs so that's my problem with staircases i'm fine with them as long as there's a light on behind me that's interesting then i don't have any problem because I get what he's talking about where it's, you know, the areas that we're not familiar with that we kind of have well, a fear of. Well, and then you can't go up there or they are kind of creepy. Sure. Even if it's not a haunted place, the basement or the attic is creepy in most houses. And, and I get that with, with being an unfamiliar place, you know, that you don't go to frequently. But stairs are an interesting one because they're they're frequented. They're probably frequented more than most other areas of the home because you have to use them. You have to go on this path. So you, you for in, a, in a way, the stairs would almost be like one of the most familiar places of the house. Um, but I guess it's also one of the most vulnerable as well. But I think he does make a valid point about that. Yeah. But to this day, I hate going upstairs without a light on. <laughs> Period. It's understandable. 
It is. Love hearing from you, Vinny. Thanks for calling and sharing uh, those thoughts. 855-853-4802 is our number. Hi. Hi. My name is Tanya, and I'm calling from Southwestern Virginia. Um, I'm kind of new to your show. I've only been listening for about a month. And so, anyways, I heard someone talking about, at one point, about uh, genealogy. And it reminded me of a story that I had happened to me back when we still lived in California. And um, it's like... I think it's like probably the first real thing I had happened to me. Anyways, I do genealogy and I was wondering if like doing that can kind of like when you're researching your ancestors, if maybe that can kind of like bring them in, like kind of call on them or some, some sort of thing. But, um, I had been, I had two small kids at the, at the time and they were like maybe two and four, two and five. And uh, we had just got home, me and my kids, and they fell asleep in the car. And so I carried them in, and they laid them on the couches in the living room. And then I went into my bedroom that had, like, this little computer room where I genealogy. And the kids were sound asleep. And then my my back, where my computer room is, my back is to the um, to the bedroom door. So someone came in. I can kind of see, but kind of not. And so, um, so I'm sitting there working, and I see someone walk into my bedroom and go over to the side of my bed and then disappear. And I, you know, I just see it like, and it was just like kind of like, you know, hazy, like like I didn't have a full a full view. So I thought one of my kids had woken up and was coming in the bedroom to scare me, and like went over to the side of the bed and like were hiding from me. So I got up from the computer and I snuck over like super quiet to go scare them and I got over to the side of the bed and there was no one there and then so I thought well maybe they went under the bed so then I looked under the bed and there was still nobody there and so then I walked back out into the living room and because I I swear I saw something go over to the side of the bed and just disappear so I go back out to the living room to see who was up and they were both sound asleep. And so then I thought, well, maybe someone came into the house. So I walked all around the house and all the doors were still locked and there's no one in the house. And um, so then I walked back into my bedroom and as I got to the bedroom, I started shaking and like just crying. Like I, I was just super emotional. I don't even know why, but I just like started shaking and crying. And I wasn't scared at all, I, but I really seriously believed that something was in there or, you know, I had seen something come in there and like my, both my grandparents have passed away. And so for some reason I thought it was like either my grandpa or grandma or both of them or something, but it wasn't like a scary thing, but it like, I really like, it was so emotional. Like it was so weird that I would just cry and be shaky and just cry and then, um, and then Anyways, then I just went on with the day. But um, but I was also wondering if since if maybe like when of like researching certain ancestors, if maybe I called one in or something. I don't know. I, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like, does does that do they do they know that you're like why is she looking me up or whatever? But anyway, that's my story. And I've got a few more because then when we moved to Virginia. Um, we lived in a really super duper old house and I had a couple things happen there. And so I'll be calling you back eventually. So, um, 
I hope you can use this. I hope I didn't babble on too much. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Well, actually, I was reading uh, the other day uh, with Ancestry. There's this new Ancestry Premium 3D Plus now where you not only can get all of your information and your DNA tested, but it actually conjures your dead relatives up for three full days a year. You get to pick the days and then they come back to you. Um, it's a really neat new feature. A good, uh, you know, holiday gift item or something right there. But for only like $500 a month. Yeah. I mean, you got it and you have one, to do the other year, stuff. Um, required yeah you have to get the dna tested and then they then you have to like it's not just like swabbing your mouth to get the ancestors to come back you have to like like take locks of your own hair and i believe the hair of a virgin goat as and uh, and part of uh, like and three uh three liters of blood and you have to paint it around your door frame and then you have to make this little altar thing um, and then put the Ancestry.com logo uh, on. You have to carve it into a piece of wood. <laughs> and take a picture of it and post it on social on media. social media. And then um, after three days, um, you're supposed to be able to go out there at 3 a.m. and have a conversation with whichever uh, relative you choose. It's really kind of, it's it's neat. You should see the, the photos. I would almost it. do that to have like a conversation for one night. That would be kind of awesome. Gonna try and find a virgin three goat. Three liters of blood, though. I'd be like, I don't, I don't have a clue how to do that. But you, but you, but, you're, you're totally in line with how to get the virgin goat. <laughs> yeah, well, you just get a baby goat, and who doesn't want a baby goat? That's true. That would be probably easier than they the are blood. so adorable. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's something I never really thought about. Yeah. But it kind of makes some sense to me if you start digging around in your ancestry and start reading up on people maybe you never knew existed mm -hmm. i don't know it kind of makes some sense it does i mean it, it goes back to the have you the, had other stories like that over the years not on that uh level no but it does make sense where it's people don't want to be forgotten and if that's part of the driving force to haunt and to get a message across is because they don't want to be forgotten if you're digging them up or digging their their memory up and their information up and if they're hanging out and they're around somebody, yes finally somebody's paying attention to my story i can help with this that would make sense if they may make uh, a second appearance once you uh, you come across it uh, it's probably the best thing that's happened to the dead in a long time is uh, ancestry and things like that because, you know, like, say, you're a regular ghost, mm -hmm. and you've been haunting this family, but they don't know shit about you, yeah. and then somebody comes along and figures out who you are and how you died and what happened to you and all this stuff, sure. you'd be like, oh, my God, I need you in my life, or I need to be in your life, because yeah. I don't know if you really have a life once you're dead. I don't know how that works, but, I mean, it kind of makes some sense. I wonder if you can now with Ancestry, if they're planning for the future of like future generations using Ancestry, like a hundred years from now, if you're a current user of it, you could write your kind of own story on there. Like, hi, I was curious about our relatives. Here's everything I found. Here's a little bit about me, dear, uh, great, whoever I'm dead. Uh, but, uh, if you want to find me, I'm in the well, you know? <laughs> <laughs> something right. like that where uh you know i don't know i mean where it's like it, it's it, go up in an attic turn around three times saying my name yeah it's interesting it's like premeditated uh information uh it, and it's not a will you know i don't know that we, we've really had anything like that before other than like someone just kind of writing a book or a novel you know about their their life where it's or just reading someone's diary but someone with the intent of 
uh, you know, whoever is going to research this down the road, finding that sort of information and, and things being written for that purpose. I, yeah. I mean, it'll be really interesting someday people perusing because what we're doing now, I mean, on Ancestry, you're looking at, you know, records of people coming in on ships, going through Ellis Island, census information. Now you're going to be able to see, you know, in a hundred years, look at grandma doing a keg stand in college. Holy <laughs> shit. Right. You're going to find all this shit out about your grandparents that you never wanted to know. It's like, oh my God, why the hell are they so obsessed with these things called selfies? What the hell is that all about? <laughs> No, they'll still be doing selfies. God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope that's just something. A, but maybe not selfies, but the equivalent of that. I don't know what that will be. People are very vain. They are. That, that, if there's one thing that's true throughout history, that is probably a, a, a defining characteristic that's always kind of been there. If there's a way to just accentuate vainness, people will do it. <laughs> and, and we just are kind of at the current incarnation of it. Yeah, I mean, inter- look at the Egyptians. Yeah, their equivalent of selfies. <laughs> That's true. It really is kind of always it's transcended time in in uh, space. It's always just kind of been there. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number and that is going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online keep us on the air get all the bonus episodes EPP bonus episodes extra podcast person episodes ghostpodcast.com the place to sign up for that or if you like Patreon do it there patreon.com slash real ghost stories until next time for Carol I'm Tony Bruschi thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online Hey, it's Tony Bruschi along with Jenny and Carol Hughes inviting you to come check out our brand new podcast, Office Horror Stories. You don't get a fart in my presence it doesn't leave it. When I pick up a cup, I try to take a sip. It's Greg's chew. Like, <laughs> spit take right That's into the so screen. Gross. I know. You can't unhear that. It's a show jam-packed with stories of crazy bosses, insane co-workers, and workplaces from hell. I'm seriously getting in trouble right now for being a hard worker. Pick your ear, nose, rub your eye. That clearly probably is pink eye. Here, let me handle those apples for you. So not only is it gross that you're getting bacteria onto the money, but you're getting bacteria up into... something else. And the best part, you're invited to share your workplace nightmare or office horror story as well. Just search Office Horror Stories wherever you download podcasts, click subscribe, and start binging away now. You know, I'm single, and then I listen to stories like that, and I'm like, that person found someone? (laughs) What? You've been carrying on a not-so-discreet affair with one of the day shift supervisors, and it skipped with her and literally thousands of dollars of client money that have been earmarked for employee incentives. I wish I had a kid because if I had a kid I could call in sick a lot I could leave early a lot and not saying you know that they were making it up but yes I have worked with people who make that shit. Our brand new podcast Office Horror Stories. New episodes weekly available wherever you download podcasts. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to 3 megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. 
It just doesn't feel like summer without an ice-cold Coca-Cola in your hand. Stop by your local convenience store today and grab a 20-ounce bottle of Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Or pick up even more delicious refreshment with a 20-ounce bottle of Diet Coke, Sprite, or Fanta. So no matter how you soak in that summer sun, at home or on the go, grab an ice-cold Coca-Cola today and enjoy. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile, you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. 